Thank you, everyone, for showing up. Obviously, you didn't have laundry to do, or else there'd be other things. Um, certainly, I want to thank Karen Kiefer for inviting me to do the Agape Latte. And I remember when I emailed Karen and said, okay, I'll be glad to do this, but what is it that you're looking for? <clears throat> she said, well, you know, it's Advent, and you want something uplifting, you want to give the students hope. And I'm thinking, does she know who she's talking to? Um, <laughs> So, let me just begin by saying, I hate Christmas. I really hate Christmas. I hate Christmas. It's the only holiday that begins in September and ends in January. Black Friday, Black Monday, uh, Doorbuster Tuesday, and then what says Christmas more than a bunch of Christmas carolers clad in plaid singing to you about the benefits of eating KFC. I mean, if that isn't Christmas, I don't know what is. Okay, I feel better now that I got, off, got that off my chest. One of the things I've been thinking about with respect to the talk itself is, you look outside, it's winter, it's dark, and my guess is most of us really don't like the dark. If you like the dark, you're a mole and you need to be looked at. Because there's something about darkness that seems to militate against our sense of human flourishing. As we move towards the winter solstice, right, we're going to find a day that's a lot darker than it is light. And I thought about, and of course you've all heard this, this is nothing brand new, but when we think about the Christmas story, we think about the light of Christ coming into the world and those sorts of things. Um, the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, talks about how those walking in darkness have seen a great light. John's gospel, right? Christ came into the darkness, and the darkness didn't overcome him. Um, when I taught modernism in the arts, and <clears throat> one of the things that we did when we did architecture, as well as when we did literature, so the seasons, spring, fall, winter, and summer, are analogous to human plots, to human life. And so just think about your experience of the summer. It's warm, the sky, the sun, the sky is really blue. There's a real sense of, of distance between you and of course the sun. And who doesn't feel alive in the middle of summer? And again, if you're one of those who don't, then I'm gonna form a club with the mole people and then you guys can figure out how to live out your life together. So light is such an important natural element to us. And of course, those of you who have done perspectives and are philosophy majors whose souls will be saved, the rest of you, well, I'm sorry. Um, Plato's cave, the movement from darkness to light. We think about, so E.M. Forrester, one of the great English novelists, in his book, Passage to India, the female character has this conversion experience in a cave to come out into the light, understand who she is. Uh, Wagner's uh, opera, Tannhäuser. The opening scene begins with, it uh, shows Tannhäuser in a cave with Venus. And Tannhäuser is complaining because everything is the same. It's perfect, she's perfect, and he wants to leave the cave to the light of the world above. He wants the messiness of human existence. 
but he wants it in terms of a kind of truthfulness. And that's what we can think about light as a metaphor. If you've had a chance to visit uh, the great Gothic cathedrals in Europe, the stained glass windows, the light that comes through the windows, you just think about it, those light, that light has been kind of transformed into supernatural light. It's a light that elevates you beyond the ordinary experience of light as a way in which to get you to kind of meditate more deeply on what your Christian faith is trying to get a hold of with respect to your own life. Um, light wisdom, uh, the light of Christ, all those sorts of things are important. And I, for me personally, one of the difficulties I've always had, and this is because I'm an academic, so we think about the Christmas story, and we think about this child in a manger. And I want you to really think about this for a second. Here's this little baby that is the light of the world, right? Now, if you've had younger brothers and sisters and newborns, you, you know what the feeling is to a certain extent. But to really meditate on the light of the world taken on human flesh, he has to have his diapers changed. He has to be breastfed. He has to be protected. That seems to militate against a kind of powerful light that we think of, but it seems to me that's the irony. Now, it's easy for me to talk about this because I tend, as most know, I tend to live in my head. And so what's really hard for me, though, is to kind of move from my head to reorient my affective sense of what this means in terms of this Christmas event, that Christ is coming, we're preparing for that, and in this child is the light of life. And this light will overcome the darkness. A number of years ago, uh, many years ago, I was in a moment in my life when I was at a crossroads. I had to make a decision, or I was in the process of making a decision, to change my path. I had been, I think a lot of you already know this, but I had been a Jesuit for 17 years. And I had decided I needed to take a leave of absence to really kind of figure out what was going on in my life. Because one of the things that I had discovered for, the, for 10 years prior was that there wasn't a great deal of light in my life. There wasn't a great deal of joy. And now I'm old enough to know that life is not always giggles, right? Life entails a certain amount of struggle and suffering, but always what should be at the bottom is a sense of there's joy even in this. But this wasn't part of what I was feeling, and I wondered what the hell was going on. I had a good friend, a Jesuit at the time, and this is why friends are so absolutely important. So reread Aristotle. He said to me one day, he said, you're miserable. You've been miserable for as long as I've known you. And those that have known you longer have said you've been just as miserable. At least I'm consistent. He said, you have to do something about it. And him saying that, in many ways, well, not many ways, it was a way in which 
I was allowed to be free. And when I think about that experience, I think about this is what the light of Christ enables us to do. It enables us to be free, to be able to respond in the way that we think God is moving us. So I asked to take a leave of absence. I took the leave, moved out of the Jesuit community, moved into a home, or I rented a room. If anyone is familiar with the uh, novel Great Expectations, uh, I lived in Mrs. Haversham's house. Uh, (laughs) At least some get the literary reference. Uh, But what happened to me then, I fell into a really deep, dark depression. It was pretty bad. And one of the things that I remember about that experience is that in my prayer life, because I'm trying to discern and it's really difficult to discern when everything around you appears to be shrouded in darkness or clouded, etc. There was one overarching theme that was part of this experience. So again, if you're familiar with Hebrew scriptures, if you're familiar with the Exodus story, there's that point when the Jews have left Israel and they're wandering in the desert and things aren't going so well. They start grumbling and they start complaining to Moses and they start saying to Moses, has God brought us out here in the desert just to die? That was the experience of my prayer. Have you, God, brought me out here just to die? That's a pretty, pretty powerful sort of experience that I didn't know what to make of. I had a good spiritual director, which was helping, but there was something else that was really kind of, um, that kind of held me, so to speak, and I couldn't get my head around it. And one of those moments of grace, and I count it as grace, I happened to have been able to get up one day I walked over to St. Mary's uh, for a particular reason. I don't even remember why now. And I ran into a Jesuit. His name was Kevin Gillespie from the Maryland province at the time. And there was something in me, and it certainly wasn't my own energy, because I just didn't have the wherewithal to ask for what I needed. But somehow the words came out of my mouth to Kevin. I said, Kevin, I'm going through a really difficult time. He was doing a degree in psychology at BU at the time. So I said, I'm really, I'm really struggling here. Uh, you know, there's all this stuff going on. This is what my prayer's life. I can't make heads or tails of it. And he said, all right, I'll put you in touch with somebody. He gave me a name. I called that person. Uh, and she was doing her PhD in pastoral counseling. And so I went to see her. And that's when it had been diagnosed, the fact that I had been suffering from depression for over 10 years. And then once the medication was uh, regularized for me, the fog, the darkness began to lift. And I say this because I am absolutely convinced that that happened because of the light of Christ moving in my heart unbeknownst to me. In that, I think, I hope this is true, I think that God took me seriously 
about wanting to try and really discern authentically how my life should unfold. And that I had placed myself, again, I believe this, I hope this is true, I had placed myself in a situation that Christ's grace was allowed to work. That is, the light kind of came on. And as the fog lifted, this experience of clarity was absolutely amazing. I hadn't felt that clear about life in general for a long time. And so, I guess I just want to emphasize the fact that when we talk about the light of Christ, and we talk about what that means in our life, and there's all sorts of meanings. We hope it has to do with, you know, a better kind of cultural life that we live together where we are respectful and we care for others. And hopefully, you know, we sing Christmas carols about peace in the world. But I think from a personal point of view, to think about this little baby, this little baby as the light of life, the light of grace, the second person of the Trinity, who took on flesh to bring us life, to bring us the light of life, that's a very profound thing to think of. And I like to believe that at least at some level, I kind of got a sense of what that is in my own struggles. Life, we all know that there are times when life just sucks. There's no question about it. You can't get around it. But I think if we, at least from my point of view, if we take seriously what we read in the Gospels and Hebrew Scriptures about the Messiah, the Christ event, the light coming into our lives, even in the midst of our kind of suffering, somehow it's brighter than without Christ, which is an odd thing to say. But you think about the little baby, and then next March or whenever it begins, we start Lent, how this little baby that began his life in a crib ends up on the darkness of the cross. It's an odd sort of journey from the light of the world to the darkness of the cross, followed by the light of the resurrection. So I guess I just want to say, personally for me, to think about it this way helps me get out of my head. It helps me, to a certain extent, be a little more understanding. Of course, that's always a sliding scale. Um, understanding of the struggles that we all go through. Because in the last analysis, we really do not know what's going on in a person's heart. We just don't know. And the darkness that that person is experiencing is a darkness that screams out to be shattered, to be overcome. And so I guess I'll just leave you with this, is that Christmas is a great time. What I said before, I hate because it's true, because it's turned it into a holiday. And I would like to remind myself, and by extension all of you, that what this event really means is it's an opportunity to give clarity to who you are, what you are, 
what God is calling you to be as a human being and as a Christian, or if you're in another faith tradition, whatever that might mean for you. So it's not merely lip service to the light that came into the world, but it's about the mystery of the incarnation that has brought life and light to the universe. Thank you.